0: Good morning, church family. I hope hope each and every one of you are enjoying the day that God has given to us. I enjoy the sunshine, beautiful day out. I'm looking forward to this afternoon for Mosaic is going to be out on the grassy area today, 430. And they will have the fire pit ready to go for hot dogs and s'mores and all the goodies. But it's just a good time to come to Fellowship Connect and enjoy each other's company. I hope that all of you have the chance to be able to receive the news you need to know that comes through your computer, your phones, your iPads, or whatever. Because right now, if you go through it, it is full of activities that are taking place within our church, especially for our youth, as far as activities of doing something special, in Vespers, Um, we got... um, in fact, you can see here are still our breakfasts, men's breakfast is still pending. It will happen, but just uh, not at this point. We will let you know. Um, so make that happen. If you don't have uh, uh, the news you need to know sent to you, let me know. And I'll make sure that we get your email that Renee can get that to you as well. I think it's important for us to stay connected and, and see the information that we are looking at, that the Lord is leading us in. I do want to welcome all of those who are online it's always a blessing to know that God's family is beyond these walls that they are everywhere and it's just for us children to come together and worship and praise him this morning we will continue with our forever encounters this will be an interesting this morning I won't give it away Serge but I think that uh, you will greatly enjoy this one this morning, but I will, I will tantalize you with what next week is going to be, okay? I'm preaching next week, and it's called the m M&M and encounter. <laughs> You're going to have to come and see what this one is all about, but that's all I can say. I don't you, don't, you don't even know. I hope each and every one of you truly enjoy this morning with our worship or time together. It's great to be able to sing and have the spirit move amongst us. It's great to meet new folks, new families, but then see family once again. For God wants us to connect. There's no greater joy than to connect. And see and hear the stories about new life, new children, Why, there's two right down here who have new, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, you name it, Cynthia's over here with a great-grandchild this morning, God is still blessing us as far as life, and may each one of us have the opportunity to experience that to the fullest, and what better today to do it on than today, so enjoy.
1: Good morning, everyone. It is so good to see you. If you would please stand with us, we're going to do some praising and singing now. If you'd do me one favor here, let's let's uh, raise an hallelujah together, okay?
2: I raise a Hallelujah. In the presence of my enemies I raise a hallelujah Louder than the unbelief I raise a hallelujah My weapon is a melody middle of the storm, louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar, up from the ashes, hope will arise. Sorrow, Lamb of God, by his own betrayal, the sin. the spirit
1: church how are we doing Happy Sabbath to you good to see you guys nice to have you here I know I know it's tempting to be outside right now because it's so gorgeous but thank you for coming and spending this time with us inside which is air conditioned you know I mean so there are some pluses here right great great to have you guys great to have you watching online those of you who are watching online. I just want you to know by the way if you're watching online uh, if you're ever visiting the area we'd love to have you come and join us uh, this is these are some of the best people I've ever been with uh, by far the best people in Washington State so come on by and join us at some point I don't know about you guys but when I uh, when I travel when Nancy and I go on vacation or if I'm traveling, speaking somewhere, and we stay at a hotel or a motel or whatever we stay, uh, um, one of the very first things we do, and tell me, just raise your hand if you do this too, uh, even if we're staying for a few days, and even when we're not there, just do not, do, not, do not come into the room, do not disturb, right? Some have seen me actually steal Do Not Disturb signs from other doors because ours was not there. Borrow. Let me say borrow. Because you know, we put it back afterwards. There's something about us that we don't like to be disturbed. Right? But I'm gonna talk to you this morning about moments when God disturbs our lives. Is that okay with you? Yeah. This is a fantastic quote by A. W. Tozer. And it goes like this. If God cannot disturb us, he cannot move us. And if he cannot move us, then he cannot save us. And if he cannot get us concerned about the things of God, he cannot do anything at all for us. So God sometimes disturbs us do you believe that I'm wondering if you've ever been disturbed by God we're going to look at a chapter uh, in a very famous Bible book uh, the book of Daniel How I many of you have heard or read the book of Daniel before it's a really powerful book it's got most people read it because it's got tremendous prophetic insight and it does but sometimes we can lose sight of some of the spiritual and and character-growing insights that are there, and that's what we're going to look at today specifically. Is that okay? The book of Daniel is a story about four teenagers whose lives were suddenly disturbed. They were taken from their homes as they witnessed their city burned to ashes, become rubble by Babylon's army. They go from being carefree teenagers to captives in a foreign land. And when they are there, one of the very first things that happens is they become indoctrinated in the courts of Babylon. They learn they're forced to learn to navigate the cultural pressures and spiritual tensions with unswerving loyalty and radical faithfulness. And that's what makes the book of Daniel so powerful is to see these young people just have this stick about their devotion to the God of Israel to the point where they're they're willing to suffer and die. for it. If you've never read the book of Daniel, I'm going to challenge you right now. It's, it's not a long book. I'm going to challenge you to read the book of Daniel. It is a powerful book. I remember the very first time I read that book, it just changed me. I had to read it and reread it and read it and I didn't understand half of the prophecies and that was okay. But just the story of these, of these uh, young men who were in the court's, Of Babylon really impacted me tremendously. I didn't even know there were stories like that in the Bible quite honestly. Daniel's noble character we are told and spirit-filled conduct has a way of endearing himself to the king and during his lifetime he is considered one of the wisest men in Babylon, Daniel. Some actually believe that the wise magis that came to visit Jesus during his birth, remember that story? Were actually from a school that Daniel had passed down of wise men of Babylon. And so some of the stuff that he passed down had to do with the Messiah to come. That's pretty cool, isn't it? But today's story is more about the ambitious ruler, Nebuchadnezzar. And when I was younger, I couldn't say Nebuchadnezzar. So I just called him Nebi. My, I had a friend from the Bronx, he couldn't say it either. He called him Betty Kenezer somehow just changed his whole thing about it, you know. But Nebuchadnezzar was a brilliant tactician, and military strategist. He was a super diplomat. He was known to be a wise ruler, known to be a fair king, yet extremely prideful. He was good at what he did, and he knew it. And so we read his story that we are going to concentrate on today in Daniel chapter 4. One cannot read the book of Daniel and not notice God's desire to redeem and deliver Nebuchadnezzar from his arrogance and prideful prison. It is unbelievable to me. In fact, one of the things that really impressed me about the book and about Daniel and about Nebuchadnezzar was God's desire to help this heathen ruler who had actually come to destroy Jerusalem somehow find peace with God that's pretty amazing isn't it because if God can do that for Betty or Nebi then he could do it for me because I can tell you this I don't care what sins you deal with in your lives there is one sin that is common to man And although we may have sins that are different from each other, this one sin is common to all of us, and that sin is pride. The sin that says, I got this on my own. I can do this. Watch me. So Daniel chapter 4, beginning with verse 1, 2, and 3. We're actually going to read through this whole chapter. Is that okay with you? Good. So Daniel chapter 4, 1 through 3, it says, King Nebuchadnezzar, I I want you to catch this. The whole book of Daniel is Daniel writing the book. But chapter 4 goes like this. King Nebuchadnezzar, to the nations and people of every language who live in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about this miraculous sign and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. In other words, it's as if... uh, King Nebuchadnezzar said, oh, oh, Daniel, can I write this chapter, please? This is my testimony. Can I I write this chapter, please? And so actually, this is Nebuchadnezzar writing this chapter. This is his testimony. And he says, how great are his signs, how mighty are his wonders, talking about God. He starts off by saying, look, this this is where I ended up. Now let me tell you how I got there. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. So he begins with praise and adoration. And then he begins to tell his story. Daniel chapter 4, verses 4 through 8 says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, so you know he's he's writing this, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my palace, catch these two words, contented and prosperous. Let me ask you a question: Is there anything wrong with being contented and prosperous? Absolutely not. I think God wants us to be fulfilled. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be content. He wants us to be prosperous. But when that contentment and that prosperity gets in the way of God, something is wrong. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we only worship two—one of two. We either worship God or we worship ourselves. We either accept that it is God that has blessed us or we think we did it ourselves. And so right away, King Nebuchadnezzar makes this very clear. He says, look, I was content and prosperous. I had a dream that made me afraid. And if you read Daniel, you notice something about King Nebuchadnezzar. He's always dreaming As I was lying in bed, the image and visions that passed through my mind terrified me. So I commanded all the wise men of Babylon be brought before me to interpret the dream for me. This is his mode of action. This is his mode of operation. This is how he does it. This is his MO. Hey, let me just do this, okay? Here's the thing. I'm going to have a dream, and then after I have a dream... It's going to really upset me, and so since it upsets me, I'm going to get the wise men of Babylon together, and you guys are going to have to tell me what to do, okay? So when the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners came, I told them the dream, but they could not interpret it for me. You would think by now, Nebuchadnezzar had learned something, right? Finally, it's... I love the way this, Daniel's always at, like, hold on, I just wait, I Just let me hear everybody else. I'll just wait to the end, okay? I love the way God always saves the best for last. Right? Daniel's like the dessert of the meal. It says, finally Daniel came into my presence and I told him the dream. He is also called Belshazzar. After the name of my God and the spirit of the holy gods in him. In other words, there was something about Daniel that the king immediately noticed. And so Nebu is afflicted by dreams. And it says in Daniel chapter 4, verse 9, and, and, and just, you know, yeah. I'm going to get ahead of myself here, trying to put on the brakes. I'm excited about this. Can you tell? Daniel chapter 4, verse 9 says, I said that chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery is too difficult for you. Here's my dream. Interpret it for me. I don't want you to miss this small, simple scripture right here. This is the most powerful man on earth at that time. This is a wise and just king, albeit a bit arrogant. And yet, he notices something about Daniel And he says, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and no mystery is too difficult for you. Here is my dream, interpret it for me. Now I know some of you are sitting there going, there's no such thing as holy gods. I hope Daniel puts them in place. I hope Daniel teaches them about the true God. I want to tell you something one of the most humbling and yet honoring moments in our lives is when others recognize the spirit in us i pray for this for all of us i pray for this all the time i say please god help me to shine for you may others recognize your spirit in me may they see your passion your gentleness your wisdom May they see who you want me to be, not always who I am. But let, me, let them see my humility too, and my, my authenticity. And I've got to be honest with you, uh, I often feel so inadequate. And then once in the blue moon, somebody will say something to me. And I, I'm not talking about, hey, pastor, would you pray for the meal? You know, you're the pastor. Don't ask me to pray for the meal, please, okay? Just a little side note. Anybody can pray for the meal. Anybody could pray. Anybody has the same connection to God as I do. You know that, right? I don't have to emphasize that. That's, that's not what I'm talking about here. What I am talking about is when others recognize somehow beyond ourselves, in spite of ourselves, that God is working in us. Now we had a, a couple come a few years ago to one of our leadership weekends, <coughs> and uh, they they they're not believers. They just came, and uh, we had advertised it, that this was a leadership. Uh, we can, for anybody that's in business, that, that you know, we, we were unapologetically Christian, but we said, look, this is not going to be about the Bible, per se. This is going to be leadership stuff that you can take home with anything you want to do. And, and, and so people were like, okay, good. So the people came. These, these two actually owned an uh, um, insurance uh, place, believe it or not. And, and so they came. They, they, they were friends of mine from before. I had met him in the community. By the way, when you meet people in the community, let them know who you are. Let them see Jesus shining you. You never know. And these folks came. Her name is Rachel. And they sat and they, they loved it. They loved the whole leadership weekend. They, they couldn't get enough. And then I never heard from them again. In fact, I invited them to the second one. They never came. Never even got a, a text back. And these are the moments when you sit there and you say, okay, well, glad, glad we made a little bit of an impact, but you know, sometimes it's 30 fold, sometimes 60 fold, sometimes 100 fold. This is a no fold. <laughs> but a few weeks ago, I got a text from her out of the blue. He Sergio, I have a friend in need of you right now. He just got diagnosed with terminal cancer and needs to talk to someone about how he's feeling. I know that you are that person to have this conversation with him. Can you tell me when you could talk with him? <laughs> like, really? I haven't heard two years from you. And in the back of your mind, somehow you knew that if somebody was in need of some spiritual discussions, some comforting, that I'd be the guy to call? I cannot tell you how humbling it was for me to get this text. I actually got tears in my eyes when I read it, and I just, just... started praying and saying, "God, please, help me to be the person this person thinks I am." <laughs> so I'll keep you posted on her story. And David is very sick with cancer. Pray for him. About a week later, I get another text. How many of you remember me talking about a guy named John from Scotland? Some of you remember John from Scotland? We started studying the Bible together, and then, boom, he fell off the face of the earth. Never heard from him again. It's been been a couple of years now. Suddenly I get this text from him. And here's what he says. Hi, Sergio, it's John. Hope you're well, my old friend. I will talk to him about the word old in that time, but... I'm having strange dreams at the moment. I feel like something is drawing me toward action but it is not the kind of action I understand. It feels like sometimes I'm tipped towards taking a leap and then something pulls me away. It's very odd. It's been happening for most of my life but then intensity of it right now is rather significant. I can't shake the feeling that something is happening in the world that I am supposed to play a part of. I apologize if I'm coming across a little out there, mate. But all of this, whatever this is, has got me, has got something to do with our paths crossing. I know I've reached out to you before, but somehow a force has stopped Progression. I can't explain that. Maybe it wasn't the right time. I don't know. But I'm ready now. I feel a sense of evil is tightening a grip of some kind on of humanity. That it's not supposed to be this way. And that somehow I'm meant to do something or play a part. But I don't know how. I only feel at peace when I'm drawn by some force to talk to you about it. Can we talk soon, please, John? Wow. I know that there's, you've had experiences like this, when a friend or someone, a neighbor, has come to you and said, can we talk? There's something going on in my life, and there's something about you. You've heard me say this before. I love it when people say, you know, I don't believe in God, but I cannot explain you. And so I'll keep you posted on John too. He's having dreams. Well, the story of Daniel continues. These are the visions I saw while lying in bed. I looked. This is Nebi talking. And there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong, it stopped, touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant. And it was food for all. Under it, the wild animals found shelter, and the birds lived in its branches. From it, every creature was fed. In the visions I saw while lying in bed, I looked, and there before me was a holy one, a messenger a holy one a messenger coming down from heaven he called in a loud voice cut down the tree and trim off its branches strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches but let the stump and its roots bound with iron and bronze remain in the ground in the grass of the field let them be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man and let him be given the mind of an animal till seven times pass by him. The decision is announced by messengers. The Holy One declared the verdict so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms of the earth and give them to anyone he wishes, and sets them over the lowliest of people. This is the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now, Belshazzar, please tell me what it means. For none of the wise men in my kingdom can interpret it, but you can, because the Spirit of the Holy God is in you. Have you ever been disturbed by a dream? Have you ever waken up in a cold sweat? You know what I'm talking about? This happened to me just a couple of days ago. I had this weird dream that we were out somewhere. And I don't know about you, but my dreams are always like so jumbled, you know. It's like, first we're in this place, now all of a sudden we're in this place, you know. And I'm in this place and, and we have Lucy with us and, you know, and at first she's on a leash and, and then suddenly she's no longer on the leash. And now we're looking for Lucy. We can't find Lucy. Lucy's my dog, for those of you who don't know Lucy. We love Lucy. <laughs> and so... So here we are, you know. Now we're looking everywhere for Lucy. I, I, apparently in this stream, within 10 seconds, months go by. You ever had that happen? And we're somewhere else. And all of a sudden... I see this dog that looks like Lucy. And I start screaming, Lucy, Lucy. And I do my whistle that I normally do for Lucy, which I cannot do right now because my mouth is too dry. But I do this whistle. And Lucy looks up and she starts running towards me. And she's running as fast as she can. And then, boom, drops right in front of me. Like she's exhausted. And I go to pick her up. And I try to take her to a fountain where there's water. And in this dream, she, she dies in my arms. I woke up like that. I'm like, Lucy, where are you? <laughs> went, out, went up to her in her, her room where her little bed is. And I just started petting her. She looked at me like I was nuts, you know. I gave her her favorite treat, a bully stick. You know, here it is. We're okay here. I'm hugging her, you know. I mean, it's just, she's like, all right, that's cool. Next morning, she came right up to the bed, like, you have another one of those, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But most of the time, when we have these kinds of dreams, it's because we had too much pizza too late the night before but sometimes it's God In Daniel chapter 4 continues 19 through 27 it says then Daniel also called belshazzar was greatly perplexed for a time and his thoughts terrified him now I love this about Daniel because you have a hint about a man who loves his captor. Who destroyed his home. And yet, he is convinced that God wants him to love nebuchadnezzar it says so the king said beshazzar do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you and Belshazzar answered my lord if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries are you catching this i wish this this had to do with your enemies i wish did not have to do with you And then he begins by saying, now let me just tell you right from the beginning, there's actually only one God. All right, let's get that straight. Is that what he does? And by the way, you should be worshiping on the Sabbath. Is that what he does? Not even close. And this is so important because if people need to see the Holy Spirit in you, they need to see you meeting them where they are. And when I talk to John and when I talk to Rachel and David, I'm going to talk to them about Jesus and the God of all comfort. That's what I'm going to talk to them about. Everything else will fall into place when God wants it to. Does that make sense? So he meets him where he is. It's not a time for Bible studies on the evils of So he says "The the tree you saw which grew large and strong with its top touching the sky visible to the whole earth with beautiful leaves and abundant fruit providing food for all giving shelter to the wild animals and having nesting places in its branches for the birds. Your majesty you are the tree. You have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky, and your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. Your majesty saw a holy one, a messenger, coming down from heaven and saying, Cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump bound with iron and bronze in the grass of the field while its roots remain in the ground. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live with the wild animals until seven times pass by for him. This is the interpretation, your majesty, and this is the decree the Most High has issued against my lord, the king. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals, and you will eat grass like the ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for, your, for you, for you until, the acknowledge, until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms on earth and give them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored when you acknowledge the heaven that heaven rules. There is hope, O King. Therefore, your majesty, please. Accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that your prosperity will continue. Can you imagine the courage and the love that Daniel had to challenge the king to rise above, to recalibrate his life, to be the kind of king that the God of heaven would want him to be, even though he's a heathen king. How many of us would have said, yeah, forget him, he's a heathen. No hope for this person. (sighs) Basically, what Daniel was saying is, the dream, this is what it's about. God is going to disturb your life. You've had a disturbing encounter with God. Have you ever had a disturbing encounter with God? How do you react when God disturbs your life? You get mad at him? You curse him out? You know, let me just say this, that that's not the right thing to do, but God understands it. And he waits for you to have your little party, and then says, okay, you done? We often pray, God, get me out of this trouble. God, get me out of this hospital. God, get me out of this pain. God, get me out of this difficulty. God, get me out of this financial setback. God, get me out of this trouble at work. God, get me out of this turmoil. God, get me out, get me out, get me out. But maybe what God is trying to get us to understand is that we should be praying, God, come into my fire. Enter my situation. Change me, grow me, help me reach your highest dream for me. Maybe I need to be brought low. Maybe I need to be disturbed so that you could do greater things through me and for me. What do you think? God doesn't promise us that, we, that he would not allow us to be disturbed, but he promises us with that he'd be with us in our disturbance, that he'd be by our side. I love uh, this quote in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. I love the way, see, see, God uses adversity to thrust us into his purpose. Do you believe that? We, we don't want it, and, and that's okay. That means, you, you know, you're, you're smart. <laughs> but when it comes, I always ask God, okay, what is it that you're trying to tell me here? Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. He doesn't say, hey look, you won't be going through the waters. You won't be going through the fires. You won't be going through the rivers. No, but he says, when it happens, I'm there with you. Are you catching this? When it happens, I'll be there to rescue you. Life The Christian life is not about God protecting us and saving us from all the turmoils. No, that's going to happen to us. The Christian life is about trusting God no matter what happens and allowing Him to disturb our lives because He knows when it should be. And sometimes it's not even Him disturbing us. Sometimes it's somebody else disturbing us. But sometimes He allows that disturbance so that He can get something from us help us to grow help us to become the best version of ourselves In Daniel chapter 4 we're almost done here 28 through 33 it says all this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar just like Daniel said 12 months later as the king was talking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon sorry as he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. Which, by the way, I just got to tell you something, a little side note here. There's a story in the Bible about a wonderful king who was a Jewish king. His name was David. And he was, he was the Bible says, a man after God's own heart. Remember this guy? Everything changes when he's at the, on the roof of his palace. Be careful when you take a walk on the roof. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? And when I started driving, you know, cars. (laughs) Uh, I was always amazed by this little thing in the, like, you know, the mirror, and it says, objects in the mirror may appear bigger than they are. So, when I look in the mirror, I'm encouraged that I'm really not this big. (laughs) I just look bigger than I am. (laughs) But some people, They see themselves bigger than they really are. Even the words, even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authorities have been taken from you. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox. Seven times will pass by for you until you're acknowledged that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms of the earth and give them to anyone he wishes. And immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people, this great king, and ate grass like the ox, this great king his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claw of a bird today we would put this guy in an insane asylum you may not think so but I think God really loved Nebuchadnezzar and I think I think the extent of his situation was as extensive as his pride. And so God did whatever he had to do. Are you willing to pray that prayer? God, do whatever it is, whatever it takes for you to make me into the vessel that you want me to be. At the end of that time, here comes the good part the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven, and my sanity was restored. Did you catch that? I was insane, but no longer insane now. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified Him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me. For the glory of my kingdom, my advisors and nobles sought me out. And catch this, do not miss this. And I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Are you catching this? That when you come out of God disturbing you, you come out better than when you first went in. And now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of heaven because everything, because everything... Everything he does is right and all his ways are just and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. I love that. I believe that Nebu and Daniel had a great celebration that day. Maybe even an image smashing party. I don't know. And I can't wait to get to heaven to see Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar there. As Daniel introduces Nebuchadnezzar to his mom and dad, this is the king that destroyed our city. This is the king that turned Jerusalem into rubble, but this is the king that accepted Jesus as his Savior and God as the Almighty God. There's a prayer that I'm going to read to you by Sir Francis Drake, and something that he penned in 1577. Sir Francis Drake was a sea explorer and navigator. And I want to end with this prayer. He says, Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little when we arrived safely, because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the water of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased the dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have followed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly to venture on wider seas where storms will show your mastery. Where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizons of our hopes and to push into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. So church take down your not disturbed sign and trust the goodness of God because it is His goodness that leads us to repentance. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together as we sing this wonderful song. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, we pray that you would give us the courage and the strength to lay down our lives and surrender all to you, Lord. Lord, we invite you to disturb us. to whatever length you need to, Lord, so that we may grow. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have an awesome, awesome day, great weekend. Enjoy the sunshine, and we'll see you guys next week. God bless you.